time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. I'm Max Carroll. I'm joined by my co-host Austin Weinrich. We've got a good show for you here today. How you doing, Austin? Doing good. Uh, I got my SARS mask on. Max has uh, been a little <laughs> under the weather, so we had to push our recording a little bit. Yeah, I got, uh, you know, this. it's about the time of year where, you know, there's something going around. Just Hopefully it's just a little head cold, but... Uh, yeah, make sure you keep that mask on. And uh, whatever happened to SARS, you know, I, I don't <laughs> that was know. the big scare when we were kids, yeah. and now I haven't heard anything about it. I, I haven't in heard 10 anything. Years. I mean, uh, you know, there's something always pop. I'm sure it'll come back around <laughs> eventually. You know, you have Ebola came back a couple <laughs> years ago. Uh, well, it never really left, but you know, it's all you know, someone's carrying it around somewhere. I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we've we've got a. Uh, a good show today. Uh, it's going to be a little bit on the shorter side because obviously there's only two games. We got the the uh, conference championship games this weekend, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about baseball. We've got some some baseball, some big baseball news coming down uh, this past week, so we're going to talk about that. But uh, first things first, we are presented by the link. Uh, make sure to check out the uh, the website for the link, linksports.com, l-y-n-q sports.com. Everything's free. Uh, some good stuff on there. We've got uh, some kind of a new thing that we're doing for uh, the the games this weekend where we're all putting our picks in and kind of giving you our takes instead of doing individual takes on the game. So there's going to be a lot of information for these two games coming out, so make sure to check that out. And, uh, again, that's linksports.com, L-Y-N-Q sports.com. So first, first what we're going to do is before we get into all the football, we're going to talk a little bit talk about baseball, a little bit of cheating in baseball. Uh, which isn't uh, sadly, it's not a new <laughs> new concept here. But uh, you know, a lot of stuff has been happening this week, starting pretty much Monday, where the report came out. I believe it was Monday the report came out, and then you know, had started to roll after that. Yeah, it looks like. Um, I mean, it looks like the MLB has been investigating it. People have been talking about this for a couple years now, but finally, something was done about it because. Mike Fryers, is that if that's how you say his name? Uh, I think it, yeah, Fryers, Fears, Fries, yeah. Uh, actually went on record with the Atlantic talking about the cheating scandal, and uh, we're up to three managers have lost their job. Uh, one GM. One GM. You kind of get the feeling that it's not. I mean, it might not be over with yet either. You kind of get that <laughs> feeling. I mean, the the major players have been affected now. Obviously, the Houston Astros. You know, the year in question is 2017, when they won the World Series. Uh, and the the evidence, I mean, we looked at it a little bit, and we have some for you here. The evidence is pretty... Damning? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> obvious that, uh, you know, something was going on, and MOB's confirmed that. I think the question is, how much did it extend past that? And now we're starting to see, you know, obviously as a Mets fan... You know, Carlos Beltran, you know, oh, they have mutually agreed to part ways. You have, you know. My question is to you, do you think that helps or hurts him down the road? I think it might actually help him because now there's no stigma of having to coach this Mets team where he's probably going to underachieve this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what to think because he never managed a game. It's like, uh, you know, I, I didn't necessarily – I wasn't thrilled about the hire when it happened, but, you know, he's the first time. Obviously, you know, everybody in the MLB speaks great about this guy. Not so much anymore. But when he was interviewing for the job, everybody, you know, when he well, was on he the was, Yankees, he was he was he worked two years for the Yankees. Yeah, he was uh, the second choice behind Boone for the Yankees. Yeah, and that's why you wonder if, you know, because he, he worked with the Yankees for two years. You know, now people, you know, Twitter – you know, private investigators are having a field day with this and bringing up stuff that I don't even know if half this stuff applies, but, um, I mean, they had, um, you know, now when you have, when you have current MLB players tweeting out, that's not good for, that's not good for the game. Uh, Tommy Pham put out a tweet. Um, I think you Darvish just put out a tweet too, saying that he'd, he'd like to join the uh, LA Dodgers, uh, World Series parade if they have one for yeah, the 2017 yeah, right. season. Because <laughs> now, I mean, you know, now you have stuff coming out about the Yankees. There's a there's a tweet about uh, you know Glaber Torres and uh, potentially having guys hide uh, in, Little the, in the bullpen with yeah. the live feed and you know so 
the dominoes are starting to fall. I think. I you mean, know, you teams kind of have been warned about this before. Yeah. Manfred put out like a statement. It was either 2017 or 2016, like when everyone was going through the back George channels complaining about the Astros, saying you need to take this out now before it gets too big, and you didn't act, and now yeah, we're here. I mean, you kind of you could kind of see it coming with all the technology now. You have cameras everywhere. You have the ability to put anything anywhere. And who's going to ask questions? If it's owned, you know, like one of the things that they were talking about, I was listening the other day, is that, you know, like the Yankees, all their all their cameras are owned by Yes Network. It's owned by – that's what baseball teams are doing now to save money so they don't have to put all the – and you can, you can read up on it a little bit, but teams are buying their own – Networks. That's how baseball is actually surviving. Yeah. A lot of the markets are saying that you need to own your own network, and that's and you don't why the to, Yankees are worth so much. And you don't, yes, network yeah. included. And you don't have to share that revenue from the from the network, and it's because you're essentially making a deal with yourself. You're not making a deal <laughs> with an outside entity for them to give you money that you then have to share. So, you know, it's not hard to believe that this is happening now. It's just unfortunate, and now you know we've seen the uh, you know the Astros have just been a mess. They've had success, obviously, but their their management has been a mess. I know we and you embroiled in cheating yeah, scandals. You know the the whole thing with uh, the prospects where they were hacking into what did they hack into the Cardinals or was it the other way around where the Cardinals hacked into the Astros? Uh, I'm I'm actually not sure. Uh, it, based on what has been coming out, I'm, I feel like it was the Astros hacking into the Cardinals. But uh, no, I think it might have been the Astros' former assistant GM when he got hired by the Cardinals was uh, tapped into the Astros scouting network because he still has uh, passwords still work. Okay, so they just they, I guess they just have that environment where it's okay to do stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You had the thing with R Roberto Zuna, you know the the executive that got fired because he made the comments to the female reporter and the whole history of Ozuna with the domestic violence. That guy's actually from Long Island. He's uh Well Ozuna's not, not No, no, the guy who they fired. Yeah, the the assistant GM. He uh you know, he's from Nassau County here on Long Island. He gets fired and then they have the cheating in twenty seventeen that you have to think that MLB knew beforehand. Before Fire said anything well, yeah, supposedly teams are going through backdoor channels, not trying to blow it up through the media. Yeah. And, you know, now now it affects the Mets, you know, somehow. You know, they, <laughs> this is what, you know, you compare the Mets and the Jets. They can't get out of their own way most of the time. And it, it's almost like, all right, you're so used to it as a Mets fan that they get caught up in this garbage. And you have a, a – they had a conference call with the GM and, the, and one of the um, – the COO, the the uh, the owner's son, and they're sitting there talking. And for those of you who don't know, the Mets hired Jessica Mendoza. She's on ESPN. She's working with A Rod and all that. The Mets hired her as like an outside consultant or whatever you want to call it. So she makes comments, and they ask the Mets management about the comments, and they say, "Well, she was speaking as an ESPN analyst, well, not as a consultant." Why don't you pull up her exact comments and? You tell me what you think here, but I think it, how can you how can you separate <laughs> the two? So she called out Mike Fires for being a whistleblower. Being, yeah, <laughs> being a whistleblower. So I guess if people are doing something illegal, she wants you to shut your mouth and yeah. So here it is. So she did an interview. She was asked, "Do you have a problem with Mike Fires leaving the Astros and then going public with this?" And she said, going public, yeah, I mean, I get it. If you're with the Oakland A's and you're on the team, I mean, heck yeah, you better be telling your teammates. But to go public, yeah, it didn't sit well with me. And honestly, it made me sad for the sport that that's how this all got found out. Well, how else is it going to get found <laughs> out? So that, This has been going on since 2017, and now they're finally dealing with it three years later. It says this wasn't <laughs> something that MLB naturally investigated or that even other teams complained about because they naturally heard about. And then investigation, which is a lie, happened. because teams have been complaining about this for up to three years. There were accusations even up to last year, so uh, where the Yankees were uh, complaining about it. 
Yeah, and even, I mean... They talked about it on some of the broadcasts, saying... Uh, Boom was arguing with uh, the umps to get someone out of there. Um, One, like a spy. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, yeah. Um, it seems like her, her main issue is that because it came from him and he benefited <laughs> from it in 2017, and then... Now that he wasn't with the team anymore, then he decided to do it. But, but that's an interesting that, take, too, is how much turnover is in a baseball team? Like, yeah. how, how can you cheat this in depth well, the, and then yeah. expect to keep everyone and well, everyone keep their mouth shut? It's almost like you got to put a hit list together <laughs> and say, all right, if this person, well, we can't trust them, we got to take them out. It's you like know? UFO stuff. Yeah. The X-Files, you got to kill these people that know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um yeah, it says, you know, players, according to uh, one a Yahoo Sports writer, uh, players witnessed the Astros banging on trash cans in 2017 and were suspected, of, and the Astros were suspected of stealing signs during the World Series, but the investigation didn't start until Fear said something. So yeah. she's wrong in that, oh, no, this nobody brought this up. This wasn't going to come out. No, it was, if it wasn't going to come out, it was because the MLB was just going to cover it up. Because the scandal is, which would you say is worse, the steroid scandal or this one? Uh, I mean, you said it when we, <laughs> at least, you know, growing up when I was, what, when we were eight, nine, ten years old and they're just <laughs> popping home runs every day, that was exciting for me. It literally you saved know? baseball a lot yeah, of people's eyes. <laughs> and, you know, whether they acknowledge that or not, they're never going to acknowledge that steroids save baseball, but... I mean, growing up in that era, that was like that. That was the like Maguire the greatest era. Yeah, that yeah. was like the greatest era. And then, and then Barry Bonds. You know, I remember as a kid going to Shea Stadium before it became City Field back in like 2002, 2003, watching Barry Bonds. And the game I went to, he had two home runs, and he's just you know, it was just <laughs> like so so easy for him. But that was exciting for for a kid watching baseball. I just remember watching Barry Bonds. He would like take his second hand like off the bat sometimes and like swing oh, yeah. one off, yeah. and it would go out. <laughs> yeah, and his neck is the size of my <laughs> upper body, and I mean that's the, the, everybody was. You know, I mean, you, you don't want to speculate, but a lot of people were doing steroids. Oh yeah, and this this is a this is on a different level to me because. Uh, people were complaining about it, and it, and and obviously from from these reports, if they are true, baseball knew about it beforehand, just like they did the steroids. But they knew that the steroids were actually helping <laughs> the game, so they they shoved it under the rug. Um, and then I, she came out with kind of a retraction. Yeah, she put this whole thing out and. <laughs> Uh, you know, the point I should have been much more clear on was this. I believe it's very critical that this news was made public. I simply disagree with the manner in which that was done. But, but how, how else? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is like, how else would it have gotten done? So she's saying if your, your company's stealing money and embezzling it all, your CEO, CEO is embezzling all this money from your company. She says, shut your mouth. Yeah. If anything, the this, company's still working. So shut your mouth. If anything, this makes baseball look better that they <laughs> that they investigated this and didn't wait any longer i mean they might have they might have been waiting since 2017 but now that somebody said something now they have to look into it and it's like all right what if this just grew legs and took off on its own and no player ever said anything but people are now speculating that the game is flawed yeah and mlb just sits there and says no 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 well know. that's the thing it's if they let the Astros get away with it for another season, what's to stop literally every other team? You know, maybe it'd make the Mariners good. Maybe I'd see a fucking playoff game in my lifetime again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. I know the Mariners aren't cheating because they can't goddamn make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and we talked about it. I mean, the fact that she works for ESPN and the Mets. Uh, you know, this this article, uh, Yahoo Sports <laughs> article, is, you know, just saying it's very suspicious. Um you know, when it says when Mendoza called out fears for having the courage to come forward and blow the whistle on the Astros cheating, was she doing that as an analyst or as an employee of the Mets? Well, According to the Mets management, she was an employee of ESPN. 
because they apparently can differentiate when she's making her comments and who she's making comments for. When she says hi to you in the morning, is she an ESPN analysis or a Mets <laughs> yeah. employee? Yeah, it's a very gray area, and I don't, I don't. It's something only the Mets would do. Like this yeah, is such an ass backwards hire. Yeah, and you know you felt good going in because you know now you get the news of the new owner coming in. They're going to integrate him in over the next five years. You have a, a manager who everyone says is a smart guy, you know, former Met, you know, probably 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 go into the Hall of Fame as a Met, to be honest. And it's close on between them and the Royals, but he had more <laughs> success. Well, you know, he made the postseason. The, yeah, yeah. So, you know, all things being equal, but so he actually had some hope. And, and now another famous person quit before they ever had a game bill belichick well that's true so you know carlos beltran's gonna have success wherever he goes next (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and uh you know so but now you know camp starts in less than three weeks for uh, for the mets and they don't even for three teams and they don't have a manager manager. so i would assume they're just going to go to their bench coach yeah yeah that's what the but that's like uh, i don't know who the mets bench coach is i don't know who his name is is his last name hensley or something and uh you know he's been brought up in uh you know, now that they're doing this whole thing. Eduardo Perez's name, you hear that mm-hmm. a lot for the Mets job. Even Terry Collins, uh, the former <laughs> former uh, manager who took him to the World Series, his name is coming up now as potentially getting back in the fold. So I, I saw a nice fake tweet that they were going to hire uh, David Wright as their next manager. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't, so why not? Screw it. <laughs> why, I get, at this point, at this point, I mean, you, you want to do something for the fans, right? So you might as well. But... Uh, so that's kind of our take on the whole thing. Um, Let me just throw this out to you. Yeah. Which is your favorite cheating scandal? The cork in a bat? The steroids? This, uh, you know... This video? Yeah. Uh, Whistleblow... Uh, banging, banging on the, the trash drum. can. Which my favorite? Like, yeah. just... Or the juice balls. Or, uh, no, no, uh, pine tar on that. Well, the juice ball is interesting, too, because they asked Verlander <laughs> at the All-Star game. And he says, they're definitely juiced. Yeah, juiced. And then Manfred comes out and says, well, we, we don't... We, they're made. They're exactly made, and, the and, they, yeah. and, and you know, we don't partake in the process of put, of making the baseballs, which makes no sense. You right? clearly have to take <laughs> so, um No, I mean, we kind of talked about it. I kind of think the, the steroid era was the most, the most fun, and... Just, you know, pl- growing up, playing Ken Griffey Jr. baseball on N64, watching Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, basically a flashback to, you know, Babe Ruth and, or not, I'm sorry, uh, Roger Maris and Mickey <laughs> Mantle in their home run chase. And I remember uh, I I still have N64 hooked up, and I got Mike Piazza's in the strike zone, and you see him on the cover looking yeah. all jacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone could hit, like, 550... Yeah, put home runs yeah. in the game. No, you see it. You if you ever played that game, you would see <laughs> the home run circle for some guys was bigger than just like the contact circle. Like just making contact with the baseball was harder than hitting a home run in that game, and that's pretty much how it was growing up. But that I mean, I didn't know anything about steroids at that point. No, just watching the game, you were like. I, I want to watch – I just want to watch a baseball game. I don't care who the teams are playing. I don't care who they're playing. You know, you want to see McGuire and Sosa and Bonds and, uh, you know, Albert Bell who was, you know, <laughs> Rafael Palmero, all those guys who could just freaking crush the ball. And to me, I mean, as far as the, the best scan in, in that sense, it's entertainment purposes, yeah, I'd say. I like uh... – cork in the bat because it just seems so ridiculous that he had to do so much effort well that was the thing with george brett right the cork's bat that was that was his thing where he went nuts no that was pine tar was over the limit of where pine tar was okay. allowed to be on the bat i know sammy sosa had a cork bat yeah when he came back <laughs> and you know um that's why i think it's hilarious it's like how much can this honestly benefit you yeah yeah, I think the, you know, then there's still some. I mean, the pine tar. It seems like every pitcher has something. Yeah, sticky you get the somewhere. pine tar on the hat, or Pine- Michael Pineda, the Yankees pitcher from a few years ago, had on the back of his mm-hmm. neck. 
and then the uh, the you know where was Jessica Mendoza when <laughs> you know the Red Sox during the game you know whistle blow on the Yankees you know I, I don't know it's uh it's um it seems like it's just more prevalent in baseball I don't know if it's just yeah because I baseball mean, just gets caught I'm sure it happens in every sport I think baseball is just such a number sport that you gotta try to cheat a little bit to skew the numbers otherwise yeah numbers are gonna win out speaking of numbers we did bring this up let's uh just hit on this before we move on to football but the uh you know obviously the astros cheated in 2017 it's kind of ironic but you look at the home and road splits for the playoffs and it's this just the, crazy. The 2017 postseason. Read yeah. some of these numbers. Yeah, off. you have Alex Bregman on the road in the postseason. He hit 154 at home. He hit 273. Correa hit 211 on the road. 371 at home. This is the <laughs> biggest one here, and this is what he's been getting the most. Is Jose Altuve? He's been getting the most flack. Road. He hit 143 at home. He hit 472. Brian McCann. I mean, that's a. That's, 320 yeah. point difference, yeah, 330 point difference almost. A thousand point difference <laughs> in OPS. It's crazy. Uh, Brian McCann, 0. .037. <laughs> this one's my favorite. <laughs> and he hit 300 at home. So, you know. But he also can't see. Like, yeah. He's like blind. <laughs> um, Evan Gaddis on the road, he had 200 at home, he had 300. So that's not like that big of a deal. But the funny thing is, is that Carlos Beltran was on this team and. His home average at home in the playoffs was actually worse than his road <laughs> average. So it's like, all right, did he really know what was going on? Because if he did, he wasn't partaking in it. Or he didn't understand how it was working. He's like, I don't get this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean, you uh, you mentioned the, the Astros manager bashing the... Yeah, supposedly there's a report that A.J. Hinch uh, destroyed the video monitors twice on two separate occasions. But not, to, not necessarily to hide anything. No, to try to get his players to stop doing it, but yeah. I guess he never came out and said, hey, stop this, knock it off. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, the, you know, if you go on, you know, you could find a bunch of videos <laughs> of people now. They're, they're dissecting and, every single yeah, Astros yeah. game. Yeah, and they show Altuve, you know, 2019, there's a video of Altuve saying, don't take my jersey off, and then they zoom in on a, a shadow on his jersey, and they're like, oh, he had something under his jersey. It's I mean, all crazy now. people have gone back to a video of 2014 a Mariners versus Astros game where last game of the season, Mariners need to win to make the playoffs. And what year was this? 2014. Okay. And there's evidence of banging. Well, see, that's a. I think um, I don't know when this GM was hired, but I thought maybe it said that he's been there for five or something years. So maybe it was like yeah. right, right at that point, but. Um, Yes. Well, people forget. Like, I the Astros have been good the past what seven, eight years. Yeah. No, they. When the Astros were in the NL, they were the joke of the league. Yeah. No, they were awful. And I mean, awful, awful. Like fifty-two wins a season. Besides that one year with Beltron. Yeah. When he, because he was on the Astros when they were in the NL. Yeah. And he had that crazy postseason. They went to the World Series and they lost. Uh, wait, no, did they win the World Series? I don't remember if they uh, nah, if they won or not, but Beltran was on that team, and that's how he got the big contract with the Mets. But, yeah, outside of that, I mean, the Astros have sustained success for the last at least half decade. and Ever since they came in the AL. Yeah. They had one bad season in the AL, and then besides that, they've been the dominant team of the AL. Yeah. So, I, you know, as we said, I don't think that this is over. I think we're going to see more. Now you have the Yankees in question because Beltron worked there. Red Sox. Yeah. So Dodgers are being brought up in this now. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. It's unfortunate for baseball, but, you know. Uh, I mean, it gets people talking about baseball. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw better TV ratings for baseball this I season. Guess, you know, they say any publicity is good publicity. But, you know, this is pretty bad for uh, – you know, it almost goes back to like the the what the NCAA. Like they find out that one player on the team, you know, when they found out Reggie Bush was oh, when he lost his Heisman, but that's he the lost thing. his Heisman, then they do it in the NBA. They do it in the, in college basketball where they take away championships and they take away 
Uh, they take it away ways. officially on the thing, but everyone knows Reggie Bush won that. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but now it's like, all right, they were cheating, which obviously helped them with the success they had that year. So is something going to happen where they're going to have an asterisk next to this? Like, you know, that's – but that's the thing. Yeah. Like, you can't really do that. But but that was another thing about the steroid thing. It's how many people got huge contracts off steroids. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, they had to stop taking steroids, and those teams had to eat those deals afterwards. And the honestly, I mean, outside of just having, a, like, a great year, the best way to get paid is to have a good postseason. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, if you're getting told what the pitches are before and you know what's coming, which there's plenty of videos out there where people can enhance the sound and uh, you can hear the banging and... Honestly, whatever. if I was told what coming, what's coming, I could probably hit a major league pitcher. If I knew what pitch was coming, just close your eyes and swing. That's what I would do. <laughs> I hey, we played baseball back in the day. You played a lot more than I did. I was decent. I wasn't anything special. I <laughs> was so bad at baseball. I was. I. You were a lacrosse kid. I struck out my first because we played in this constant baseball. This con, we all played <laughs> together, and my first four games, I struck out every at bat. It was terrible. And it was demoralizing, but at the end I look at it, I'm like, eh, I still showed up to practice. I didn't want to quit the team, you know. <laughs> I was just out there having fun with my friends. It just, I was awful. So, you know, I, uh, even if I knew it was coming, I don't think I could hit it, to be honest. <laughs> I had an uncle who was actually drafted by the Astros. Is he still working for them now? Nah. <laughs> I think he works for Mississippi State. Okay. He had, like, all their home run records for a while. Oh, wow, okay. Well, he, he, I guess he... Uh, no, he played. No. <laughs> this was back in like the seventies and eighties, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's that's how you know our feelings about it, and uh, you know we'll see what happens going forward. You know, I, I don't think it's over by any stretch. As, as hard as baseball is trying to push it under the rug now, uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. So. It was a little baseball news for you. Just had to talk about it because it's been the talk of uh, kind of the sports world this past week. Uh, even, yeah, even more so than kind of uh, the NFL. Honestly, baseball's kind of dominating this week's news cycle. It's pretty yeah. amazing. I haven't really heard much talk about football and sports talk. It's all and I can't remember the last time baseball dominated the news cycle. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Probably <laughs> uh, the late 90s. Um, but We'll get into the... Baseball over under when spring training starts opening. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely uh, kind of do what we totals. did with the uh, with the NFL this year with the win totals and the uh, division winners and all that. Uh, but let's let's get into some NFL here. Uh, obviously, you had the divisional round this past weekend. Let's run through these games, just give our takes, and then we'll jump into the conference championship. The conference championship. So the first game that we had were was the uh, 49ers beat the Vikings at home, 27-10. We were both on the Vikings in this one. Oh, there you go. I thought I shut the sound off, but I did not. So let me do that. And, uh, yeah, I mean... We got murdered in this game. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Uninspiring football the Vikings played. Alvin Cook couldn't get anything going. Vikings came out and were playing pretty well. They come out, score, you know, they give up the touchdown. They come back, score a touchdown, tie game 7-7. At halftime, it's 14-10. You're like, all right, I mean... They weathered the storm, uh, on the being on the road, having to, to go in there and play. You know, they did a good job. Uh, but second half, I mean, you said it to me when, we, when you were watching the game. Dalvin Cook looked slow. I, I don't know if the 49ers defense is just that fast. I think that's or, what yeah. it is. I think they're just super fast. He only had nine carries <laughs> for 18 yards. Kirk Cousins only threw for 172. So they, they – had less than everyone's they had 147 total yards of offense in this game i know everyone's complaining about how bad kirk cousins was but i think he was pressured on 52 percent of his dropbacks oh, yeah he was which is insane <laughs> he was sacked two three four five six times and this so is not even counting to, pressures yeah so you <laughs> have to think that he was double digits at least and um you know, this was this was a tough tough draw for the Vikings. You know, we kind of talked about it, and if this was were, the worst matchup the Vikings could have gotten. If, yeah, if they were gonna if they were gonna win this game, they had to run the football, and from the beginning they couldn't run the football. So, you know, you had the big catch by Stefan Diggs to score him a touchdown, which was like 
That was a great play by him. That wasn't necessarily a, a sustained drive that they had. Well, that was on uh, the cornerback Witherspoon. Who yeah, he fell down. In and out yeah. of the lineup. They actually took it. him out yeah. after that. So, I mean, yeah, the Vikings, they just never got anything going. The 49ers played exactly the game that they want to play. Only threw it 19 times. Ran it 40-something times, which is just crazy. Uh, Tevin Coleman with two touchdowns. You know, just uh, all around... This is the game that San Francisco wanted. Run the football, play defense, get after the quarterback, get up early, and... Uh, Come out clean. Yeah, so I don't think they had really any injuries in this one, um, but we'll look at the injury report once we get into the games for next week. So Vikings exit in the divisional round. Good run for them, but, uh, you know, they're going to expect more from Kirk Cousins. Well, he's not his final season of his contract. It was only a three-year... I thought it was four. No, it's on a four-year, eighty-something. I thought it was three-year, eighty-four million. Um, I, it could have been. I know he got a ton of money. Four years, eighty-four is actually probably a decent deal for the yeah, Vikings. <laughs> yeah, it's twenty-one million dollars a year. So, um, next game here. This was kind of a. This was a stunner. I mean, I know our, our, we had Michael Vale on. He was. This was his game. That he actually went. Uh, Four and zero in his picks. Yeah, and he said if he was going to take a game money line, it would be the Titans, and uh, that's that's pretty much what happened here. I mean, the Titans just again another team. They just want to run the football, and in two games, Tannehill has 160 passing yards. And he's averaging 82 yards a game or something in and the he's playoffs. Al- <laughs> he's throwing the ball less than he's throwing the ball 29 <laughs> times in two games, and they're just giving the ball to Derrick Henry and saying. We're just going to ride you until you fall apart because this is the third game in a row of over 180 rushing yards. I mean, every running back coming out this season in college should be rooting for Derrick Henry and the Titans. Yeah, trying to switch the tide a little bit to uh, back to old-school style of football. I mean, all you ever hear is these analysis, the, you know, the geniuses on ESPN everywhere saying the running back's dead. That's a dead position, but... Yeah. I mean, the Titans are literally showing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, was a, it was a weird game because if you look at the stats. It's insane. <laughs> like, you have Baltimore with 530 total yards to Tennessee's 300. If you showed me this, I'd, I'd say the Ravens won by 30 points. <laughs> like, this is, I didn't even know it was this one sided, but I mean, the Ravens got out of their comfort zone. They were down. Uh, they were down 14 nothing or 14-3. You know, so they had to change the way that they play. And that's the thing with the Titans. The Titans want to get a lead on you early. Well, you have to. You have to. I mean, that's the thing about... Now you have two teams here. You have the Titans and the 49ers that just want to run the football. They don't want to throw the ball. They want to run the football and they want to play defense. And it's kind of refreshing to see because it is that old school style of football. But now you have two out of the four teams that you're like, all right, this whole this whole idea of what you said of just pa- pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball might not be the best way to do it. You know, you see now Drew Brees is out of the out, out of the playoffs, and um, I mean, you know, you'd have to say, in my opinion, I would say three out of these four teams are running teams. Yeah, and Green, throw Green Bay in there. Yeah, too. yeah, and. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Tom Brady. He's out of the playoffs. Drew Brees out of the playoffs. So these these quarterbacks, these big, these top top three quarterbacks in the game, they're not in the playoffs anymore. And these are the teams that are left. So uh, this was a big win by the Titans. And now you know there's a lot of talk. Are they going to bring Tannehill back? Are they going to give him a contract? I mean, you have to franchise and tag him no matter what. I think Derrick Henry, his contract is up this year, so he's going to get. He should get a lot of money. I mean. He should, but I wouldn't surprise you if people are like, oh. They don't want to pay. Because he had so many carries, he's going to break down next season. Yeah. No, he's got a ton of carries. The last three games, he's got like 100 carries. Yeah. And probably and he doesn't 600. slow down. It's like crazy to me. He actually is. I think he averages more yards in the second half than the first half. Yeah, he gets stronger <laughs> as the game goes on. Like, you go at halftime, he gets a quick workout and comes back out, and he's like. <laughs> Good to go, and he's just running people Drinks over. Drinks some Gatorade. He's like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a big win for the Titans. Uh, I think you know you sent me a video after they won. Mike Vrabel just looks like a guy that <laughs> oh the that handshake you want to play video. For. Yeah, he just looks like a guy you want to play for. 
the handshake, except you know, for Mariota. Mariota, that was like a, <laughs> that was so awkward. If you haven't seen that, look know, it up check on it Twitter. That's a video. He's giving everybody. He's giving bear hugs to the linemen, high fives to everybody. Even the ball boys are getting. Yeah, everybody's getting hugs and stuff. and stuff. And then Mariota walks in, and it was like. You couldn't. You couldn't. Mariota tried to run past him. Yeah, you couldn't picture it better. Like they go to high five and they miss, and then they try to give like a half hug, and it's just so weird. And um, but yeah, so the Titans move on. Uh, good for them. I, I I like the way they play, so I I think I, I'm going to be rooting for them this weekend. Uh, but it should be should be a good uh, matchup. The Chiefs beat the Texans fifty one thirty one. But I mean, the big story here was just. What the heck is Bill O'Brien doing? <laughs> For a guy who makes the playoffs over and over again, you would think that he would have a better feel. Well, he was two and three after winning last week, and now he's two and four okay. in the playoffs. So most of the time they're gone right away. Yeah, and I mean, you look at this. The first quarter it was twenty-four to nothing, <laughs> and it's like honestly, it's like a cage fighter coming out beating the crap out of the opponent in the first round, and you have your adrenaline dump, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs survive that. They don't knock the Chiefs out, and then they're just on their back foot the rest of the game. So it's like it was like Rocky Balboa versus Mr. <laughs> T? Yeah. Like Rocky just it's says, I'm, I'm just going to go out there and take a beating until he tires himself out <laughs> and hope that I'm still standing after, like, round three. That's the best strategy ever. I'm yeah. going to keep letting him punch me. Yeah. And you're losing, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, uh, you know, watching this game, I mean, it was like, what, what's happening? I had our buddy Kevin's texting me like, what's going on? What's, what, is, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know. And it's 24 nothing at the end of the first quarter. I mean, we did say usually one to two of these by teams come out slow. Last week, yeah, and you know, I didn't think it would be the Chiefs because Andy yeah. Reid's record after the buys is insane. Is crazy. But you know, there were so many things. <laughs> there were so many things here. You know, up twenty-one nothing. They have a, a. I mean, so many drops. There were a lot of Chiefs drops. They were moving the ball the whole game, but in the first quarter, there were at least two or three drops on third down that forced them to punt. Yeah, I mean, I don't see. This is the thing: is that. The way that he kind of went about this game was weird to me. They get up 24 nothing. What are you saying, Bill O'Brien's a bad coach? I, because I, I think we've been saying yeah, that no, for a I long know. time. Yeah, no, I know. I know. We've been saying it a long time. and That's why it wouldn't surprise me if he gets fired at some point in this offseason. Well, like a late firing. They go for the field goal on fourth and one from the 13. You hated this call. I didn't mind it. I don't know. I actually don't mind it if. That's how you're going to play. You, If you're going to take the points, that's fine. You're saying, all right, we're going to take the points because we're going to trust the defense. You know, I mean, I don't, you're I don't, 21 nothing at that point. You have to take the points because you're like 24 nothing. How many times has an NFL team come back from 24 yeah, nothing? That's fine. I don't mind them kicking the field goal. Kick the field goal, take the points. That's what I would do. The problem I have is combine that with the fake punt from your own 33-yard line. Well, what was it? It was turnover on down. No, yeah, yeah no, turnover on down. Yeah, yeah. So they go up twenty-four nothing. The Chiefs go down, score like in two seconds. Fifty-nine seconds officially on the play clock. So, two plays. Yeah. So then you decide. All right, we're gonna get the ball back. They they go for it on fourth and four from their own thirty-three. Which uh, see, like, how do you make that call? Okay. Yeah, we let them score quick. Let's just punt the ball. Play defense. At least yeah. don't make them drive the whole field. Or if you're going to go for it, put it in the hands of Deshaun Watson, not Justin Reed, your safety, who's getting burned on the other side of the field. Yeah. No, yeah. It, the whole thing made no sense. You want to, if, if this is how he was going to play, he should not have kicked the field goal. Yeah, he should have said, go we're going to go for it. The fact that he didn't go for it and kick the field goal, all right. Then you, they, get, they give up the touchdown, they get stopped, then you're thinking, all right, they're going to punt it back, get a nice punt. You know, pin them, you know, 20-yard line, maybe even... Maybe Force the Chiefs to have to drive at least. Field, yeah. Because they can score in two seconds anyway. Make them go the whole field. You're up 24-7. Play some defense. You knew that you weren't going to shut the Chiefs out. And then you just go for it. You don't get it. You give them a short <laughs> field. Even if he got this, I would still say <laughs> that was the dumbest... That was the dumbest decision. And that literally... 
That was the momentum. Honestly, that was the game. And it wasn't a fourth and one. It was a fourth <laughs> and four. And you're snapping it to the up back to go up the middle of the field. And it's a safety. <laughs> and that, on top of that, then you have, you know, you immediately, they get the ball <laughs> immediately. 28-yard penalty puts the ball at the five-yard line. And they score again. Fumble. <laughs> score again. Like, are you kidding? They scored 59 seconds, 23 seconds, a minute 25. Mm -hmm. So within two and a half minutes, they scored three touchdowns. Now it's 24-21. Then, (laughs) I mean, it's astonishing. And then right before (laughs) halftime, you get uh, an eight-play, 75-yard drive in two minutes. Like, so they scored four (laughs) touchdowns in less than five minutes. Of official game time. Yeah, of, yeah. And and then you go down and miss the field goal before halftime. It's like, all right. I mean, well, you this knew, game's over. Yeah, at that point, you knew that the Chiefs were just going to freaking blow them out because just – It was insane. Yeah. Now, just, just looking at it now, I'm, I'm a little speechless mm-hmm. because it's just amazing how quickly things turned in this game. And we're all just sitting there watching it like – I mean, it was bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And First, you're in shock because you're like, how are the Chiefs down? 21 nothing. Yeah. And you have freaking <laughs> Travis Kelsey who just can't stop, can't stop him. Three touchdowns, 10 catches, 134 yards. You know, Mahomes didn't need to throw to anybody else. Tyreek Hill wasn't even a factor. So it's just, you know, I, I don't know. You look at the way that the game was going early on. And I don't mind kicking the field goal, but then be consistent with that decision-making. Don't go for it on your own 30-yard line when you're up 24-7. But even the most aggressive coaches, Bill Belichick's known one of the, as one of the most aggressive coaches. I don't think he goes for it on a fourth and a four on his own 33. No. The only time, I, the <laughs> only time that that sticks out in my head is when he did that against the Colts because he didn't want to give the ball back to Peyton Manning. That's the only time okay, so that, I, that I remember seeing that. But that was a one that was a one score game. You weren't you not they were up by they were up by seventeen points at this point. In the first and quarter. And the defense was playing well. It's not like you're up it's not that it's the fourth quarter and you get this first down and you win the game. <laughs> Mahomes I mean, you said it early on. You said Mahomes looks a little off. Like he came out and he was a little bit like nervous like rusty, like you know, like he just wasn't himself. You, you saw it. Uh, take advantage of that. Don't give them a short field and let them get into a rhythm. You saw it between him and uh, Lamar Jackson. Both came out very rusty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, Mahomes, he could, he'll throw the ball all over the place. You know, he's not in a rhythm. He'll get in a rhythm by the end of the game. It's just you don't want to be the reason why he gets <laughs> like have him work for it. Don't give him a short field and then. You know, just throw touchdowns at him because that's basically what you did. You give four touchdowns, and and they didn't even have the ball for more than five, four and a half minutes, uh, towards the end of that. And that was the second time in this year that he's thrown four touchdown passes in the in the second quarter. Yeah, he did it against the Raiders. I think it was week five or six. Yeah, it was early on, and uh, you know Deshaun Watson played well, but he can't keep bailing <laughs> Bill O'Brien out. You know, that's been the story that I've seen is that Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien's a terrible coach and Deshaun Watson just keeps bailing him out, which, I mean, you can make that argument. It's almost like Deshaun Watson should take a year off and get Bill O'Brien fired. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, this was... The Texans are in a tough spot now because they have no draft picks. Yeah, they traded for... uh, Duke Johnson, they traded like a third or fourth rounder for. And they traded for Stills and Tunsil. Yeah, you could make you could say that that was a good trade. It was Tunsil. Tunsil's an All Pro this year. You don't yeah. have a first rounder this year and next year now. Yeah. So what do you where <laughs> where where are you going to build from? I mean, they're going to have to build through free. And they don't really have an offensive line. No, no, the offensive line has been kind of masked under Sean Watson's athletic ability. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, now that the Titans are. You know, if they bring back Tannehill and and Derrick Henry and can keep some of those pieces in place, uh, it might be the end of uh, the Texans' run, this little run here that they have of four out of five years. Yeah, and they need some help on defense, too, because I saw no pass rush at all. Yeah, I mean, J.J. Watt, Watt had a presence in the first game against the Bills, but 
not so much uh, in this one. But that's the difference. Now you're going up against uh, pretty much a juggernaut offense, and, you know, they get the job done. So the last game here was uh, the Green Bay Packers at home against the Seahawks. This was uh, our head-to-head. I think I went one and three this week. Yeah, I went two and two again. Two and two, and you won the head-to-head. Uh, I, you know what? Watching I want to buy two point conversion because yeah. Seattle went for the two point, which yeah. you have to go for. You it have to sense. at that point, yeah. I mean, I watching this game. You know, they're they're down twenty one three at halftime. I never felt that Seattle was out of it. I always had the feeling they were going to come back and make a run because look, what Green Honestly, Bay does. Both teams are- pretty bad what group well what green bay <laughs> does in the second half of games is they don't score they don't score they, and they just kind of sit like they get a lead and then they just sit on it and hope that their defense can hold for them and that's that's what worries me about and going into this week against san fran uh, you know we'll talk about it but i don't think this is going to be good for the packers <laughs> to be honest um but yeah i mean aaron Rodgers, he made the throws when he had to uh, Devontae adams just went off in this one had two touchdowns, 160 yards. Uh, so 160 of his 243 were to Adams. He had 83 to everybody else. You know, now <laughs> now you have, you know, you're going up against a defense that has guys that can cover. Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman looks like he's back to his former self. He just shut down uh, the – he only, plays a, he only yeah. plays a half of the field. Yeah, he shut down Thielen. Yeah, he had that one nice pick. I mean, Kirk Cousins was talking about before the game that I'm not even going to look to Richard Sherman's side, but yeah, he did, and he yeah, got yeah, yeah. and he threw an interception. He said, "As long as I can avoid him, I'm going to avoid him." So, um, yeah, I mean, the the takeaway from this game to me is that I would have just rather seen the Seahawks play the 49ers because I feel like they match up better. I against. feel like they match up better. I I think the Packers they're going to have a they're going to have a real tough time. The way that they the, the way that they play and now looking at how the 49ers were able to stop the Vikings run game. Like that's that's what I that's what I looked at previously and said if they can if San Fran if San Francisco can stop the run, which they hadn't really done too well with all year, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And now they're they they look very they look very good right now, and the Packers kind of just did what they had been doing all year. They got a lead and then they just sat on it and things got interesting. But the problem with Seattle was, I mean, these two playoff games they were just had too many injuries. Yeah, they had a lot to deal with. But I mean, that to me that uh, that just shows me honestly I, Philly could have beaten them. If, yeah, I think if Wentz plays the first the whole uh, first game. The Eagles win that game. I don't think the Seahawks are like. I don't think they're that good of a team. I think that Pete Carroll's a great coach, and he gets the and he gets the most out of the team. And you have a great quarterback. Like to me, that's when I look at the Seahawks. They they're just they're going to be there when it's all said and done because of their head coach and what he instills in them. And the and, and the, Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that obviously that's probably the biggest thing, but. Yeah, I mean, I never looked at the Seahawks and said that they were this great team. They had some struggles down the stretch, but then they get in the playoffs, they win on the road, they go to Green Bay and give the Green Bay a run for their money, and uh, you know, it's going to be. I would have just, I would have just liked to see them play San Francisco because they had two games this year that they played. They split them, and the last one was came down to the wire. I mean, then the first one was an overtime game. Yeah, so they, I just think that would have been the better matchup, but. You know, it is what it is. So those were the four games from the divisional round. And we will jump into the two games for this week. We said only two of them. So we're going to run through these before we get out of here and give you our takes. The first game is at 3.05 on Sunday, and that's the AFC Championship game. Kansas City hosting the, the uh, Tennessee Titans. And right now, the line is 7.5. Kansas City is favored. Do you find it weird that... uh both matchups this week, these teams have played each other. Tennessee's uh, played yeah. Kansas City already this season, and Green Bay's played San Francisco. Yeah, usually, I guess, you know, that's not seen very often, especially from two teams <laughs> outside of the same division. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, they have talked a lot about that because Tennessee beat Kansas City. Yeah, they? Tennessee won 35-32. to 32. Yeah. Uh, does it, Do you have it pulled up for the... 
Yeah. Um, how, did, how did Derek Henry do in that game? I uh, killed it. Killed it. Right, so <laughs> expect more of the same here. I, I think it was 188 yards, if I remember correctly. Okay. So you know, one of his typical. Yeah. I I, I don't know. This is this is a big number, and I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning Tennessee here, just because of how because of how they play. They want to run the football and. Kansas City, when they, I mean, they they didn't stop the run like Houston. Kind of after after the se- after the first half, Houston kind of just stopped running the football because they, they just realized got like they that's something they needed to do something. <laughs> they realized, oh wait, we have to score every possession, otherwise yeah. we're screwed. Yeah, and I think that well, you got the Chris Jones injury, which is huge for Kansas City. You know the dribbling in the locker room or playing pretending to play basketball in the locker yeah. room hurt his calf yeah he's questionable right now but apparently he played last game and that didn't matter at all uh travis kelsey he's just dealing with a hamstring slash knee injury but he's probable morris claiborne cornerback he's questionable so nothing crazy for the chiefs uh, on the Tennessee side, I mean, it's pretty much the same. These teams, yeah. are, I mean, they're not, both are pretty not healthy. It's not surprising that both these teams are pretty healthy and they're sitting where they are right now. I uh, mean, my take on the game is, who do you think scoring first? Uh, well, Honestly, thing, if, you, yeah. if I get the coin toss and I'm Kansas City, I want the ball. Uh, I yeah. want to go down and score, be up 7 nothing. And then, Put them out of their comfort zone a little bit. I mean, yeah. at that at that early point in the game, you probably wouldn't see too much change from them. But if you get out to that start, or fourteen nothing lead, now you you do put pressure on them and say, "Hey, we kind of you know if if don't we don't score if we don't score and we give the ball back to them and they score, now we're down two scores. So we gotta we gotta you know they might change something here and there a little bit. But uh, typically, the beginning of the game is I mean you hear it all the time. The first the first ten or so offensive plays are all scripted, and you don't really get away from that unless something crazy happens, where you know they go down and score, then you throw a pick six, and now you're like, all right, I got, I'm down fourteen nothing, I got to do something. But well, I think that's why I'm going to take Kansas City because I see more ways Kansas City can win than Tennessee can win. Yeah, I don't. I think Kansas City's going to win. If it was under, if it was under seven. That I think I think it could be a touchdown game. I just think that the way that Tennessee is going to play, I think they'll be able to run the football on this team. Honestly, I think, I, I think able, they do too. Yeah. They can, but I think the issue is, I think Kansas City's putting up another forty spot, and I don't see yeah yeah Tennessee yeah. getting to thirty. I mean, you look at the the defensive numbers for uh, Tennessee. Overall, their their defense is pretty solid as far as points per game. They, they allow less than twenty points per I game. I mean, Kansas City's defense is a different animal at home too, though. Yeah, when you look at their, uh, I mean, they they give up some yards, it's, and that, that's the thing though. They give up at at home. They give up one hundred and thirty rushing yards a game. That boat that mm-hmm. plays right into uh, to you know Tennessee and what they want to do. Um, and the road defense for Tennessee is even better than their their season averages so that's the thing I, th- I think Tennessee will be able to slow them down a little bit enough to where they can still play their game and at, when it's all said and done you know Kansas City wins by four or six or seven points so I, I like the seven and a half so I'll, I'll go with that uh-huh. weather doesn't look like to be a factor in this game it's just gonna be cold 25 degrees sunny some winds but nothing crazy yeah no it looks like it's gonna be a pretty good day for football uh you know the weather. You know we've seen doesn't affect Mahomes anyway. If the weather no. was bad, it wouldn't matter. I mean, he just gets it done no matter what. So uh, when you look at, yeah, we kind of touched on these numbers here. Yeah, I mean, t- well, since since Tannehill took over, man, the Titans mm-hmm. Titans offense is just it's know, a different. So, it's so much better. It's so much more. But the thing is, it's not even that Tannehill is doing anything that crazy. No, he's not. It's just (laughs) a threat that he can throw, and and Mariota really could. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just the threat. They can't can't stack the box, put nine people in the box. He's trying to control the ball. It's uh, I open Webster's dictionary. I see game manager. I'm going to see Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think that's that's pretty much all it is to me is that they can he he's a better quarterback than Mariota, so you have to respect him a little bit more. We have seen games where he's had you know three hundred plus yards. The game against the Chiefs, I think he had uh, over three hundred yards or something like that, and so he he can get the job done. This is I think this is going to be a good game though. Uh, the next one, my, in my opinion, not so much. What are your thoughts on uh, Green Bay, San Francisco in this? Right now, San Francisco is a seven and a half favorite. So both games are seven and a half points. I mean, the first game, I think it was what? It was 37 to 6? Oh, 33 to 8 or something. Uh, it was, yeah, last time they played was. It was 37 to 8. <laughs> and that was in Green Bay. Yeah. So. And Green Bay is definitely a better home team than. Away team, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on San Francisco. I don't know how you can pick against San Francisco. They utterly dominated last week. Weather's gonna be great. 61 degrees, no wind. I mean, I kind of I'm kind of looking at this game as it's gonna be similar to the first one, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I don't see. Tell me how Green Bay stops any one of the running backs. I mean, last week it was Tevin Coleman, so now you got a fresh Raheem Morissette yeah. ready to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how they employ these running backs. Because there's, no, like, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, it's just oh, the hot hand. But Tevin Coleman was the starter when Mostert had been the guy. Mostert, actually, the last seven games, he was, like, fantastic. Yeah. Six then, games, seven games, he had, ten, he had ten total touchdowns. Like, he was killing it. And then last week he only had 58 Yards. Yeah, and he still ran well. I think he had like 11 or 12 carries. I think the yards, interesting but... thing is that these head coaches know each other really well. Yeah. Matt LaFleur has been like the quality control guy for Shanahan. Wherever Shanahan goes, he takes. Uh, he took Matt LaFleur with him everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. That's that's kind of what, if you are picking the Packers, that's kind of what you're looking You're looking at some of that, the coaching matchups. I just don't see how they match up on the field. And they don't score in the second half. I no. Mean. No. And that that's – yeah, I mean, San Francisco's home defense is just out of control. Um, and everyone's healthy, and you saw how fast and scary they are healthy. Yeah. and I don't, Is uh, Balaga playing in this game? Because I know he limped off the field. He's probably got a questionable tag right now. Or, no, I didn't even show not up. Not even on here. Yeah. Uh, but if anyone on that O line goes down, yeah, I think um, yeah, these two teams too, they don't have too many injuries. I mean, Kittle's probable with the ankle. Uh, D Ford's probable with his quad injury. So, but that's what the Forty ers did. They they sat people. They said D Ford, take your time. Yeah, I, he still had an impact on the game. It kind of got us away from their scent. How they're giving up? What was it? They gave up. 35 to the Falcons. Like the yeah, defense. Well, that's when they talked about that a lot, actually. They said that because D Ford got hurt, they had, they were get they were averaging like three or four sacks a game. And then he got hurt and they were averaging less than one. So that just shows you what impact he had. Yeah. And how it, they get him back. And, and that's they go the right thing. back to where they, where they were. The beginning of the We've seen it as Giants fans that if you have a great D line and you can literally rush four guys and get pressure. Yeah. I mean, I think they realistically pressured Kirk Cousins on 52% of his dropbacks. Yeah. And Joey Bosa. <laughs> I'm curious what you think about this. The whole thing with with uh, Joey Bosa. Nick Bosa? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Nick Bosa. And the hit that he had that he got flagged for. He had that blindside block. When oh. Watching it, and I was like, how – so they, they – so they yeah. throw the flag. The guy, like, couldn't get up. I mean, that's the thing they're talking about taking out of the NFL. And, yeah, it's a 15-yard penalty, but that's it. And then he stays in. So it's like, what's what's the what's the penalty? I, I mean, we saw it in the national see, championship yeah, game, well, the targeting. But that's, that's, why, that's why I would argue against having a targeting role in the NFL is because you're going to see calls like that. Yeah. I mean, we saw it in, what, two out of the three – uh, you know, yeah, the, the playoff games. Yeah, uh, and they affected the game greatly on both sides. Yeah. Which that's the thing is that you have it on one extreme. Like to me, the, the NFL, if you if you crush somebody, helmet to helmet, on a blindside block or whatever, 
because you can the reason why they call it is because you're leading with your shoulder or your helmet you can't lead with your shoulder or your helmet you you have to lead with your hands they you want to everyone contact to see with your hands first the blocks that are coming so you have a chance to brace yourself yeah and that but that's what's interesting mm-hmm. to me is that so he crushes this guy concussion he's done for the game then they can't block anyone after that yeah because that was pretty early in yeah it was the game and that was he was their starting guard one of the starting guards or was it uh i think it was the right tackle okay so that's That's the guy he's going up against every play yeah it's a big deal and then you see in the national championship game that was a lot less vicious i know (laughs) and he's gone you know, because you could say, oh, well, the the helmet made contact with the shoulder in the national championship game before he hit the helmet, and it slid up, and he was got, the guy was going to the ground, so it was a different angle. You know, you can talk about all that. The fact of the matter is one guy gets thrown out. The other one doesn't. The one guy that gets hit is now done for the game because he's injured, and that changes the entire game. Well, that's something us as fans, we don't notice a lot of the times that how important an offensive line is. You don't notice how important a good offensive lineman is until he's not there and you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Well, especially as a Giants fan. Yeah, Eric Flowers. Over the last few years, which is now Eric Flowers is apparently... A decent this guard. Great, this great uh, guard now because he actually had no line coach. But, yeah, I was just curious what you thought about that. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I would shy away from having a targeting rule. If they want to go back and review it, after the game and maybe give him, you know, a suspension afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want that call made by an on-the-field official. Yeah, and that's kind of what, you know, in the national championship game, the way the game was going, I know that LSU was driving at the time, but Clemson was kind of making a push. And then they lose their middle linebacker. And that's it. That defense fell apart. And yeah, that's it, why you saw LSU. Would they go for 51 or something? Uh, 40. They went for 40. It was the final score was 42, 25. So they, uh, you know, but that's, you know, that's part of the game. And there was a lot of, I, I had an issue with that. I know <laughs> our buddy who we had on Michael Vale, he had, a he had issues with that on, on Twitter. He voiced his opinion about that. And I agree with them. So, uh, that's what you get. I mean, uh, I wish that there was some sort of, you know, middle ground that they could come to where it didn't have to result in an ejection. But, you know, it's, you, you can't base it off injuries. You can't say, oh, well, he he hit this guy illegally and now he's out of the game. So, you know, yeah. he can't come back. Into, you know, <laughs> like you can't do that. But you'd like to see something in the middle where – it's all right, yeah, 15-yard flag, because you know what you could do? You could put somebody out there and just say, yeah, just freaking crush them. Well, that's what we were joking about yeah. is why don't you have the 50-second man go out there fucking just try to kill someone. And yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the worst thing that happens? He gets you a couple 15-yard felony? Yeah. If he takes out someone important? Yeah, so, that you know, that's that's what you have to look at, and it was just kind of annoying to see that uh, see that happen because it did change the game. It was the I remember now it was the right tackle. And uh, for the Vikings, their offensive line is actually pretty good. And yeah, they're above average. I wouldn't say they're anything special, but no. But you know, you you lose your right tackle, and that's a problem, especially when they're going up against Nick Bosa every play. And you can't run the ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we're both on San Francisco. I just don't see how this game's any different than the first one. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I mean, I know it's the playoffs, but to be honest, I mean, if I was San Francisco, I wouldn't look at Aaron Rod. Maybe it's naive of me, but. I wouldn't necessarily be scared of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the only narrative is, this is it, like, Aaron Rodgers is the last, like, vanguard of that older quarterbacks. Yeah, and he's been kind of... He's been on, like, the backside. He's been talking about it, too. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I, I just don't... uh, Even if it's... I don't see the Packers winning. I I don't... And I'm trying to work up scenarios in my mind where the Packers can pull it out. I just don't see it. Um, so yeah, like you said, we're both on San Francisco. So you want to recap our, our picks real quick? I'm actually going to take the Titans plus seven. I'm going to take it's uh they're both seven and a half. Oh, the seven and a half. Yeah. Okay, Tennessee plus seven and a half. Yeah, we're going San Fran minus seven and a half, and I'm going to take the two favorites, both at seven and a half. Okay, 
So one of us will win this week just by default because we disagree on uh, Tennessee and Kansas City. Uh, so that's the conference championship. After this week, you get two weeks off, and uh, Super Bowl's here. Yeah, I'm doing my uh, prep work for a big uh, Oscars breakdown. Yeah, watching yep. a lot of movies. Yeah, we got our our buddy. Is he gonna come on with us? Yeah. We, he's coming on. We got uh, our friend Dan. He's uh, he's a big big movie guy, <laughs> and we basically just told him. Start, start watching, watching Oscar start, start watching and come up with your pick because uh, this is a big betting uh, you'd be surprised at how much bet. money is bet on the Oscars <laughs> yeah and uh, some good movies this year so we're going to have him on to talk about that uh, he's very he's very technical in his analysis <laughs> uh, so so it'll be interesting to have him on just kind of change the uh, you know go go down a different path for, well for we're going to be here. we're going to start getting desperate for uh, some sports soon because we're going to have yeah. Just baseball, not baseball, uh, basketball and hockey soon. Yep, yep. The NBA trade deadline's coming up, All-Star game. Yeah, uh, we were talking about it before we started. Our buddy Eric is, uh, apparently he's like a <laughs> hockey guru because... We had him on uh, for a hockey breakdown if you yeah. want to go back and listen to that episode. And he's been just killing it in the... Uh, <laughs> we tweeted I tweeted out a, a parlay bet. that he put in last night, and that's like the the third one that he's hit... Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't bet very often, but when he does, he, uh, he's, he's up, uh, well, I actually talked him out of a winning bet, uh, yeah. Sunday yeah. he comes out. He's got to let him roll with it. Yeah. He's got to let him roll. Whatever he feels. Talking about gotta, the devils. He's like, the devils are going to win this game. I'm like, no, they're not. They suck. Yeah. He did, uh, <laughs> he did a money line Sabres blue jackets parlay and, um, you know, he's up over the past, uh, what, six, seven weeks. He's up like 900. Yeah, nine hundred bucks. So he's <laughs> he's uh, feeling pretty good right now about this hockey season. So, um, but yeah, so that's what we have coming up. A little Oscars for you. Um, you know, obviously we'll have our regular show for you next week. Talk some football. You know, recap some football. Uh, start getting into some races in uh, hockey and basketball. Yeah, which you know you look at basketball and it's kind of a two horse race pretty much. Everybody talked about how the parody was coming back, and now you just have the freaking Bucks and the Lakers just, you know. And the Clippers. and Yeah, I mean, at least there's, why a, there's a few gets, more teams. It's tough for me to watch a regular season basketball. Yeah, yeah. I love playoff NBA basketball, but regular season basketball can drain on me a little bit because the load management stuff really bothers me. Yeah, I, I was, it kind of was refreshing to hear – the Bucks come out and say we're not doing load management with with Giannis, but they kind of are because they're like you're playing 32 minutes a well, game. That's it. Well, that, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no matter because they're blowing everybody out. Yeah, <laughs> I think they they played the Knicks three times this year and they're we're winning by <laughs> an average of 30 points. It's just crazy. So you know he doesn't even need to play half the game. So in that sense, yeah, you're right. But uh, yeah, we'll talk some basketball uh, definitely next week because we'll only have the one game. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll get into all that. We'll, we'll figure out when we're going to have Dan on for the Oscars. That's February 9th. Yes. Which is the the Monday, right? At, is it? No, a week it's, after it's the, the week Super after the Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl is the, my birthday is the Wednesday. It's the, it's the, the first. first. Yeah. yeah. February 1st. So, so we got plenty of time to prep for that. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll keep you updated as far as that goes. And uh, thanks for listening. We're looking forward to the conference championship game. Should be, should be a good weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. So we'll see you next week. And here's, here's to squaring up the sharp. sharp.